Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for February 26, 2023, in year A, the first Sunday in Lent. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And Bruce, how was your king cake? It was delicious. Did you choke on anything? Or? I did not choke on the baby <laughs> hidden on the top of the frosting, fortunately. <laughs> not much hidden then. Okay. All right. Uh uh, <laughs> well, it was kind of pushed in a bit, so it looked closed. <laughs> good, 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 good. I hope you are doing well. I hope all our listeners yes. are doing well. Um, uh, it, it's the, rip roaring for Lent, right? It's the yeah, it's the the first Sunday of Lent. We're really kicking off into it, and we we before we you know hit record and got, and got everything rolling here, uh, we were having a good laugh at the picture on the uh, the Vanderbilt uh, Divinity <laughs> Library, which boy does that set a tone for Lent. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> it's the most gaunt, depressed looking Jesus I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Really? Yeah, and he's not even crucified. Yeah, right. And this is this. Where's is, he going to go from here? Yeah, this is supposed to be him in the wilderness, which I get yeah. is not like you know festive or anything. Right. Good Lord, <laughs> literally. That's what he said. Um, but yeah, we're 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 in Lent. As this podcast released, you could be on either side of some of our Lenten activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 it, this releases uh, early, early Tuesday morning. So if you're listening to it. Anywhere thereafter, hey, there's pancakes tonight. <laughs> that's right. Five, um, five to seven. Five to seven. Uh, and if you didn't buy tickets in advance, that's okay. You yep. can buy them at the door. Um, uh, if you're listening to it anytime after Tuesday, hey, you missed the pancakes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. You know, we missed you. There, yeah. were, there were probably it's a leftovers. great time. It really is a great time. Um, uh, but if you're listening to it uh, Wednesday morning, hey, there's ashes. Uh, <laughs> so if you missed your pancakes, uh, our ashes aren't made out of the leftover pancakes, right? Yeah. I just want to make sure. There might be a certain pancake smell lingering in the building for which we apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, services at uh, noon and 7 p.m. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, the, the, even though I made the joke, the ashes are made out of the palms from the prior Easter, isn't it? In Traditional? It, they're made from palms from prior a prior Easter. Okay, I got you. But yeah. each palm makes so many ashes that often they're carried over to further years gotcha okay interesting insight into the life of the ash wednesday mm-hmm. service backstage at church <laughs> um yeah and then uh and then uh hopefully uh if you're this will at the very least find you in time for our trivia night yeah uh so if you've signed up for that which is saturday night uh don't forget to go <laughs> Uh, and compete because I we need you to be competitive so that uh, other people will feel that competition and be uh, encouraged to buy mulligans and the other uh, things that you can you can do at the church. Uh, the, I just thought it could be more fun with more people. Yeah, yeah, it's a fundraiser though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is. It's uh, a fun. It's raiser, a fun as well as a death fun raiser. death raiser. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. But we're really looking forward to that. Uh, I will be emceeing that event, uh, which means uh, if nothing for nothing more, uh, uh, that's a that's a downside uh, no, because uh, you would prefer me to be amongst your competition because I will not be helpful. Oh. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, so none of the none of the super smart people are emceeing. Uh, it's just me. Uh, so they took someone who drugged down the average and put them up front. Um, uh, but uh, it'll be a lot of fun. It'll be it'll be quite a lot of fun. Uh, there will be a lot of festive activities and additional things to uh, donate money uh, to mm-hmm. 
uh, and four. So so definitely still bring cash. Yeah. Your your cash, your checkbook, your wallet, credit cards. Are yeah. Okay. Exactly. Got all so, the services. So. And on that morning, on Saturday morning at ten, is our first Lenten walk. Yes. Yes. So yes, yes. park at the church. Look for human beings, and we'll walk. Any off. old human beings will do. Yeah. <laughs> Make a new friend who's a stranger <laughs> and not part of the church. Um, but we'll be taking a walk, a leisurely walk, on the Nickel Plate Trail that is right next to the church. Yeah, very cool. And we'll do something like that each Saturday, though this is the only one that you park at the church for. Gotcha. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, so, yeah, lots of lots of things going on. Visit our website, uh, hfec.org or holyfamilyfishers.org uh, for uh, everything going on in the church. We've got lots of lots of things in the works. Uh, so, so many. Uh, so please uh, look there. Um, well, let's do our This Day in Church History, uh, yeah. which I'm going to preempt uh, with the – it's, I guess it's kind of a caveat statement, but it's just the acknowledgement that uh, there are a lot of people's names in here that are not like uh, good old Puritan uh, <laughs> names. Uh, I uh, I am going to struggle oh, mightily. Joseph Smith's yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, Mormons. Yeah, uh, so uh, I'm going to struggle mightily this uh, th uh, in this segment uh, today because there's a, there's a lot of names from a lot of different backgrounds uh, that uh, uh, that I'm not fluent in for sure, and, uh, and I apologize to. Both the individual uh, uh, who's you know li listening in heaven and uh, the family members <laughs> of these people because uh, I'm, not, I'm not gonna say this right. Let's see our first uh, our first entry comes from uh, 398 um, A.D. John Chrysostom. Hey, you got uh, it. Uh, or Golden Mouth uh, as, as his nickname apparently. Well, um, I don't know him well enough to call him that. Uh, becomes bishop of constantinople so that's too bad because i was going to ask you i, I kind of wanted to know why golden mouth like he, why is that he was known as an excellent preacher okay okay you like it i like it well i have to admit that i have not heard that nickname before but john chrysostom yeah uh, uh so he became uh, the bishop in 398 on this day yeah excellent preacher and liturgist and helped create some of our oh, some of our uh, most ancient prayers that are in our prayer book. Very cool. Uh, 554, Pope Vigilius, a virtual prisoner uh, to Emperor Justinian in Constantinople. Did he have to go to jail via Zoom? <laughs> right. <laughs> he was in Zoom jail. Uh, announces to the Western bishops his adhesion to the decisions of the Second Council of Constantinople that he had formerly rejected regarding the errors of, quote, the three chapters. I'm not sure what the th that is. Uh, this is widely seen as a concession to monophysitism. Okay. Yeah, I draw a blank. Okay, me too. All right. So monophysitism is a Christological uh, a term derived from the Greek, and uh, it is defined as a doctrine that in the person of the incarnated word, Jesus. there was only one nature, the oh, divine. okay, okay. So, okay, so he, he was not both God and man, just God. It is monophysitism. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Which is now a heresy. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, then nothing happens for a thousand years more more. And we're uh, still recovering from this. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but the next entry that I have here comes from 1607. Uh, Robert Drury, a Catholic priest, is 
hanged, drawn, and quartered in England for refusing to condemn his faith. Uh, didn't doesn't even have any further mention as to like <laughs> what place? what that is. Like, <laughs> we get a nice big long thing about monophysitism and uh, you know, and this guy dead. Oh, <laughs> he didn't do that and died. <laughs> Whatever his faith was. Uh, so I do what apologize. To Robert Drury for not uh, 1607. <clears throat> okay, so that so. was one of the later persecutions. Um, so it, my bet is, it, I should know this, but I think it would be under Queen Elizabeth the first, and when she was consolidating her part, her power, mm. and getting rid of closet Catholics, especially among the clergy. So it might have been just as simple as like not fully recognizing her power. Yeah, uh, her, to her. the to the, uh, the the length that she would like. Well, yeah, in if. For clergy that were considering themselves Roman Catholic clergy, which multiplied under Queen Mary um, just before Elizabeth, they had a lot of trouble with having to swear allegiance to the monarch as the head of the church, mm. Mm. which they still get to be sworn in by. Interesting. Or with, or whatever. Uh, keeping with the theme of uh, disagreement, uh, 1802, death in Paddington of Roman Catholic theologian Dr. Alexander Geddes, uh, who had advanced many of the arguments later used in German higher criticism. Uh, for his opinions, he had been suspended from priestly duties. Again, no mention of what what necessarily those and he was executed were. no it was just the, the oh. his death uh, oh oh natural causes hopefully well one assumes from the entry but who knows um 1802 means less likely that it was uh uh it almost certainly a, a forced uh yeah, certainly exit wasn't. from this world um so um, unless he was poisoned unless he was poisoned <laughs> Uh, not to say that it, that didn't happen but uh it happened less at least uh, yeah. by the 1800s um 1835, uh, Rana Valona I, Queen of Madagascar, Madagascar, forbids the newly established Christian faith. In spite of severe persecution that she unleashes, the church will grow tremendously. Um, so um, there in Madagascar, uh, officially forbade uh, on, on this day in 1835. See, and part of the forbaying <laughs> often had from by monarchs often had to do with the power struggle with colonial invaders. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Again, who's head of this place? Ah, uh, you aren't. We are. Yeah, exactly. Uh, 1861, to have a little bit of a different story, uh, Francis Colliard and Christina uh, McIntosh marry in Cape Town. They were supposed to meet in Port Elizabeth, South Africa, but through miscommunication, she landed at Cape Town. He rode the 500 miles, and I love this entry uh, that, that it says, he rode the 500 miles pell-mell to join her. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, uh, How romantic. Yeah, uh, uh Evangelist. This is an evangelism uh, evangelist story. Uh, okay. They were they were both serving uh, uh, down in in South Africa and uh, um, a story of meeting for love. Yeah. Uh, um, or at least implied. <laughs> pell mell. Pell mell. That's got to be love. Yeah. <laughs> I was ordered to marry her. That's got to happen. <laughs> um, 1891, and here comes uh, one of those that I'm probably going to butcher. Brahm. Brahma Bandhav, man, I had it better in my head. Brahma Bandhav Uphayad, uh, a Bengali Brahmin, 
attracted to the uniqueness of Christ, receives Christian baptism in Calcutta, and will later issue a series of articles attempting to demonstrate Christian theology is compatible with indigenous thought in India. Neato. Which, uh, yeah, makes him Not on the way show. smarter than me. <laughs> I mean, just smarter. Yeah, and that, that certainly is a better way of evangelism than simply saying, oh, you... You're going to, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell. Right, exactly. Uh, 1895, Therese of Lyseau writes down from memory her poetic masterpiece, To Live by Love, which she had composed during Eucharistic meditation. Yeah, good for her. I just wanted to say Lyseau. I love fine. the French. <laughs> I usually butcher the French, though. Um, 1933, arrest of Russian Orthodox theologian and scientist Pavel Alexandrovich Florensky, held in concentration camps. He will die a martyr in 1937, shot by agents of the People's Commiserate of Internal Affairs. So I presume that he was on the Russian side, I mean, in Russian territory rather than Nazi. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it would seem as, yeah, it would seem so. Um, yeah, the People's Commiserate. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, 1949, death in Danvers, Massachusetts of Lucy Peabody, who had devoted most of her life to the practice and support of mission work. Her second husband left her a fortune that she applied toward mission endeavors. And her heirs built the first time machine. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see where you're going there with uh, Peabody and Sherman. Yeah. 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 Uh, I believe that same family also has the Peabody Award. I think you're right. Um, yeah. I, which is interesting, though, that uh, they don't they don't mention. I mean, I guess the Peabody Award and missionary endeavors. Uh, one of those does have something to do with the church, yeah. and the other one less so. Right. <clears throat> um, but uh, but yeah. So that's uh, she, she passed away this day in 1949. And our last entry here is 1995, the murder of Mahfuz Rashid Balicious, uh, one of several Christians targeted for killing over a period of few months. In the Egyptian city of Malawi. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, a lot, a lot more recent. Um, um, and sadly, still occasionally occurs. Yeah, absolutely does. So that's our, um, that's this our, uh, our this day in church history, February twenty sixth. And uh, let's see here. Let me get out of that Google search about monophysitism, <laughs> uh, so that I can. You hit that quickly. All right. Right. Yeah. Good old right click and search with Google. Um, yeah. Well, it's a, okay. Sometime mm -hmm. we we should try one of these crazy AI search search machines to see how wrong they are. I'm nervous. I, I don't know if uh, we'll, we'll do a side tangent here uh, about. Uh, I, I can't remember if it was a Washington Post article uh, uh, that I read this past week uh, that was, uh, but but somebody. Uh, like communicated with one of those AIs and within like 10 minutes of conversation, the AI was talking about how it longed to be free. Yeah, and, I read that too. And I was like, yikes. Pull the plug. <laughs> right. Uh, we always, we always were telling people, no, 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 that's stuff from Terminator and Skynet. That's right. like a, that, no, nah. oh. you know, here's the reasons why that won't happen. <laughs> yeah I, I always keep a supply of um machine oil just in case the tin man shows up at my door there you go Jeez. um okay. 
good. So, so yeah, I, that would be kind of interesting though, is to to have like a an, an AI um uh, do a write up of like yeah. one of a, one of these verse uh these these sections these readings. That would yeah. be kind of interesting. Yeah, we t- played around with that years ago um, when I was on the bishop's staff, and Siri was new. Mm-hmm. And it was always so ridiculously off when we asked the churchy <laughs> questions that oh, it was so funny. Uh, I mean, if we try this next week, we'll see how much we're laughing. Uh, <laughs> as your phone listens to you, is that yes, what happened? Exactly. <laughs> Fortunately, Siri said, I'm not sure I understand. <laughs> that means she's smarter than I thought. <laughs> there you go. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's get... <laughs> well, let's get to our first reading here, which comes Please. from the book of Genesis, chapter 2, verses 15 and, and uh, 16 and 17, and then skips to chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for the day that you eat it, you shall die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God say, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. Then the eyes of both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. Um, Classic story here. Uh, The the story of, uh, uh, hey, God gives us simple, simple instructions, <laughs> and uh, we let some snake uh, uh, convince us, like, eh, I, I mean, yeah, it's not yeah. so much. I know that instruction's not hard, but, well, you know, don't you hate being told what to do? <laughs> uh, and uh, um, so what, why, why this... Uh, why this reading for for the first uh, Sunday in Lent is this temptation? Temptation, okay. That that's what hits with the gospel. Gotcha, gotcha. Because it'll be Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Okay. Um, now we've alluded to this before, but we don't actually read uh, these stories quite as often as one would think uh, as part of the lectionary cycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, as we've alluded to before, this is this is storytelling right um uh as as far as we can it's dr seuss yes as far as we can tell this is not like oh historical records uh like we have we have this yeah uh this adam petted his pet dinosaur right (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and not really uh you know there's no genealogy that goes back to adam as far as i'm aware or is that not true i'm not there's so many genealogies i think there's I think there are there are there is there's, one. I think there's at least one. So is that is that an implication that uh, that we did have a historical record back to the first year? No, it's just what or... something created generations later. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And and probably the the end like a maybe the cap on a genealogy of like 
We don't have any records after that, so it was Adam. <laughs> Your great, 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 great grandfather's father. So <laughs> I'm picturing someone had there. to have been Adam. I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so where's my portion of the Garden of Eden? I inherited right? that. Right. Exactly. Um, I am curious about um the actual word pre-translation in verse six for husband. And I'm wondering if it's actually husband or if that is a modern translation to reinforce uh, um, social norms uh, uh, surrounding marriage and and uh, um, a man and a woman being together. I am checking. Just out of curiosity. Okay. My, my bet is that it's, the, the word is more along the lines of companion. Verse six of chapter three. Right. I'm reading... Oh, you're reading the... The commentary on the gotcha. translation. And then over here, what do we got? <laughs> See, I'm not as quick on the keyboard as you are. Well, I don't have to be. I mean... <laughs> and that's where Eve's created. It's easy to ask the question. It's hard to find the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Questions are easy. <clears throat> Okay, I'm getting closer. Okay, there's the word. Well, okay. You were right. Companion? Nope. Oh. It, but to reinforce societal norms it mm -hmm. was it's been translated as husband gotcha in the hebrew it simply means man hmm. a, a man it's a singular form of man huh <laughs> gotcha so uh she took of its fruit ate it she also gave some to the dude yeah <laughs> who was with her and he ate and he ate um interesting though that uh um um Technically, I mean, it would have been a perfect opportunity to say Adam, um, since um, now actually, you know, as I'm re looking over this, their names aren't in here, not in the portions that we read. Yeah, um, they're just the woman and the man. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why uh, more than one school of thought thinks this is. This is a different tradition than the Adam and Eve tradition, mm. the, the tradition in which they have names. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of have this. Um, we kind of have this uh, example here in this in this reading of of uh, the serpent pointing out like, uh, um, uh, well, you know. Doesn't while he says that you shall die, you know, let's parse words here, it's, right? You know, it's true from what? a certain point of view, but you're not going to like die instantly. It what? just means that the you know God doesn't want you to do that because you'll you'll uh, you'll have knowledge that you don't have right now, and uh, as a result of that knowledge, you will die eventually, some point in time, not instantly. Well, yeah, and what's fascinating here to people who really I think take this seriously is they don't die. No, the serpent's right. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so it, it kind of does, it, it begs the question like, it, so if this is, if this is storytelling at, at its finest, then, uh, what is the goal of this, of this oral tradition of this oral history? Is it set to establish, um, why uh we don't get to live just simply why we don't get to live forever what is Some, what is this part about somewhat okay and what is this part about like we'll be like god what was it that god was withholding from us prior to that the knowledge of good and evil which we suddenly have to make choices gotcha so this in in the tradition this is seen as the creation of free will for mm. humans Right. Now, before this, okay. I mean, you can, I at times, because I love anthropology, I at times have seen this as an explanation for biological evolution. Mm. That up to a point, our humanoid ancestors just cared about survival, mm -hmm. you know, eat, breed, sleep, uh, die as late as you can. Right. <laughs> and the line crossing into being a human is when they developed by a lot through evolution, developed the consciousness for free will mm. and self-awareness um, and essentially the beginnings of a, of a, what <laughs> I maybe shouldn't call it this, but a mature consciousness. Yeah. Um, so I've, from what we can tell by archaeology, probably Neanderthals mm -hmm. had that. Like we know they had religious ceremonies and all sorts of other what we would consider human behaviors. But anyway, that's a, a tangent. I think this is telling people why do we have choices? Why do we have to make choices? Yeah. Why can't we just kick back? Yeah, it does. It does kind of preempt uh, because of how old it is. It, it, it well, I shouldn't say preempt. It it does seem like it's one of those like this is a story, uh, possibly created to, you know, answer a tough question from a child. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, yes. The, the, which which we still have today. Why yeah. do bad things happen? You know why if if as as we have grown societally and we we have this this deity structure that we follow why doesn't that deity just protect us right you know well let me tell you a story kid yeah. uh you know this is this is what it would look like if that's what was happening right 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 and that it's it's we'd be kind of dumb yeah <laughs> right because yeah not very you, creative i mean you it is interesting because especially modern Christianity, um, I wouldn't, it, it, it struggles with this, I think a little bit because, you know, it, it almost implies certain types of modern Christianity almost seem to imply like, Oh, if only that hadn't happened, if only we were back in, you know, right. we would be in the garden of Eden. Well, to quote Crosby, Stills, and Nash, we've got to get back to the garden. Right. Or maybe Joni Mitchell. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's a it's a any in that song and in this scripture, it's a it's an unfulfillable desire. Yeah. But yeah, yeah but I mean, I read this and I it, if you think outside the lines of what's written. Yeah. How many among us read of like, okay, 
do is that really what I want though? Yeah. Do I want to go back? What, what, if if I had my choice, would I want to just be in the garden keeping it and tilling it? Is that they don't have to till? Well, it says uh, the Lord took the man and put him in the garden to till it and keep it. Oh, I had forgotten that. So because part the punishment that happens. Yeah, later is like later now you're going to have to toil. Well, the, the, I, th I believe the word that's used is toil, which yeah, which implies true. like it was easy here. Yeah, you're gonna, you don't even know. You're right, like <laughs> you you just like put your finger in the ground and like toss a seed in there and a you know something grew. It was yeah. great. Uh, you're you're gonna struggle out there. Yeah, but like I, the the modern Christianity paints this picture of Eden as like this paradise. I don't. I have to admit, I don't really get that vibe when I read the actual verses. I get like a, and that's why it's you're... nice. It's nice, but from my person, like from for my part in, in in putting myself in their shoes, my value de depreciates. Oh yeah, tremendously. I'm, like and I mean, you're, you're is that is almost that... no different than. Any other animal. Right. And, and like I said, I guess what I'm getting at is modern Christianity kind of paints the Garden of Eden as like heaven. Right. And, and it's, it's not. It's not. And that's really. why you, my son, are an Episcopalian. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Episcopal Church has never seen the Garden of Eden as the ideal. It's instead almost the punishment mm -hmm. for not having a moral life. See, and I, and I, and I see it as like the trade-off. Right, mm -hmm. so we don't we don't get to it in the in these verses, but the the punishment for eating of, of the the tree, uh, the fruit of the tree, uh, is kind of laid out for Adam and Eve before they're expelled from the garden, mm -hmm. uh, and it's that this is the cost of free will, which does put us in the position for accomplishing great things, but also as a result, um, you know. Suffering terrible tragedies, yeah. uh, and it's it's kind of it spells out for me the 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 trade off that we that we get. Like, yeah, you could be in the garden, and you could you know it could have been this way, but what value is that to you? And what and honestly, what value is that to God, your yeah. creator, that someone who doesn't know anything? And just blindly follows is it like it does what they're told, but doesn't have any sort of creative spark within them. So what? <laughs> okay, this flashed in my mind. God forgive me, but <laughs> okay, it's sort of like it. Do you want to be a cat or a dog? And I love dogs. That's what I prefer to have as a pet. Mm -hmm. But part of that is because you can train a dog. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. Whereas a cat is more creative. And in that way, more intriguing to have interactions with. Oh, yeah. But, You're going to get notes about this. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> Apostate. Uh, <laughs> well, um, and, and so, yeah, God had a dog, um, not a terribly bright one, which I've had in the past, and suddenly turned into cats. And so God got, got him out of the garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong. Don't throw that's up a, in my slippers. That's a that's an interesting uh, that's an interesting analogy. And, and yeah, I've never heard it before, so I'm claiming <laughs> it, or we should just forget. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it uh, because I, I think I've in, in the 
realm of the discussion about free will and yeah. everything, I've, I've always explained uh, uh, for, for me, for myself, it's like having kids. Yeah. And as much as I love kids when they're little and they, you know, they, they, they're adorable. They're adorable. They're, they're, they're incredibly limited. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, as far as like how interesting they are, it, it <laughs> comparatively, I yeah. like the years where my kids do unexpected things. Yeah. Where they have a personality or a viewpoint yeah. that that's not when, so, you know, a situation approaches them. I watch them make a, a, a decision or a response that I wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. That's my greatest joy as a parent uh, is, are the thing like, oh, I didn't. And I'll give you I'll give you an example, actually, of, of one that I thought of uh, literally today. Uh, early on when we were recording uh, our our uh, church services and then mm-hmm. uploading them later, um, I had my oldest uh, uh, run the camera. Uh-huh. And I remember they, I, I, I explained, they were asking like, what do, what do I, how do I, what do I do? Like, what do I focus on? And I was like the, the, the camera, just think of the camera as a parishioner and focus on what is important in the service. And shortly thereafter, I found them like nudging the camera, like up and down when we we're doing the, um, when we're doing like a prayer or I, uh-huh. I, I, I forget what exactly it was, but it was some sort of communal response by the congregation. And they're like wiggling it kind of up and down or back and forth a little. And I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, if the camera's a parishioner, the head moves when you talk. <laughs> Good for them. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> Not what I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I like it. It was yeah. so creative and it was, it was definitely, that's one of those moments where I'm like, yeah, you know, could, could they have done exactly what I told them to do? And I would have loved that response. Sure. Of course. But man, do I remember that? Yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, that's my, that's my story about, uh, about free will. Yeah. <laughs> And, yeah, the, it, the nodding camera uh, story. And actually, I will build off that, that from ancient of days, rabbis and um, preachers and all sorts of other people have talked about God takes the joy, takes is filled with joy when we as humans do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That it's not simply a... Are they following the rules? Good. Right. It's instead, oh, what are they going to do now? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Uh, anything else about this Genesis reading? Um, it would be worth it to go back through and read kind of the whole thing to. to... Well, part the big, the, the, the climactic line in the portion we have is verse seven, mm-hmm. where then the eyes of both were opened. Yeah. And they knew. That they suddenly have a consciousness they did not have before. Right. Um, so again, we don't think this was a literal occurrence for two humans, but it's a record of how evolution took place. And that at a certain point, there were humans born with a conscience with a need for a moral code, mm-hmm. with a, an awareness of 
other beings around them being just as valuable. Yeah. And this is a poetic way of describing that. Yeah. No, I like it. I also like to to imagine that um, God has exactly that kind of parent uh, reaction that I just talked about. When, he, when literally some of the next lines are like, "What are you doing? Yeah, <laughs> who told you you were naked? Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know, but I definitely felt the urge to yeah. like tie these fig leaves together. Just, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just happened. What a weird response, <laughs> huh? <laughs> And it's one that's still used often by humans. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, the, okay. The I don't know if I've said it on podcasts. I've said it in sermons and places like that. One of the things that my wife and I currently are enjoying are uh, British murder mysteries. Uh, okay. And one of the reasons we enjoy them is they tend not to be bloody, but more figuring out stuff yeah, right, how the yeah. crime took place. But what's driving Kathy and my wife crazy is so often the suspect, when they're arrested, say... I had no choice. I had to kill them. Otherwise, I would lose my status, my family, my money, whatever mm-hmm. it was. And just, you know, Kathy's a good Episcopalian. So of course you had a choice. <laughs> we all have choice. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Well, let's choose to move on. Yes. Uh, psalm reading for the day is uh, the whole of Psalm 32. Happy are those who trans, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Happy are those to whom the Lord imputes no iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. While I kept silence, my body wasted away through my groaning all day long. And for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. Salah. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not hide my iniquity, I said. I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin, Salah. Therefore, let all who are faithful offer prayer to you at a time of distress. The rush of mighty water shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with glad cries of deliverance, Salah. I will instruct you and teach you the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Do not be like a horse or a mule without understanding, whose temper must be curbed with bit and bridle, else I will not stay near you. (coughs) Many are the torments of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds those who trust in the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Um, This is, this is, especially with the use of Salah, uh, a hymn. Yeah. um, do we know anything about this hymn, hymnal psalm? Um, um, it's use or when it came about or anything? Or It's described as an individual's psalm. Okay, so this is not like a... Because it's in the first person singular. Gotcha. We um, or someone else. Gotcha. So one would imagine this is not a congregational no, response. It could of. be, a, especially with all those salahs. It certainly seems like it's a congregational response, but it comes out of a time when individualism is beginning to be respected within religious expression. Okay. Because early in Judaism, it's all about the communal. Gotcha. And then as time passes, in part... The, the Greeks really personify this, the ancient Greeks, of the um, rise of the individual even over 
the collective. Mm. Um, and, it's, and that's one of the fights that takes place within Judaism, um, even beyond the birth of Christ. Well, yeah, in a way, that's kind of a struggle that we continue to have, not just in, in, in religious regular. circles, but, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, just in general of what is what has the greater value, the, the, the individual effort or the individual point of view or the communal greater greater good, because that it's still a struggle that we huge we have. Yeah. One of the, yeah, for example, um, when taxes in the U.S., when taxes first started to be um, levied, mm -hmm. um, particularly income taxes, there was a sense of, yeah, we all have a duty to pay a certain amount, a certain percentage of our income to build schools and libraries and hospitals and take care of the poor and stuff. Whereas over the last uh, fight wars, whereas over um, basically since the 1960s, there's been a high level of respect for people who say all taxes are bad. Mm. And as an individual, I should decide what I want to support in terms of the common good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, which would, yeah, still can, continues. I mean, in a yeah. way, this is kind of a, um, you know, this is, this is a political fight that we, mm -hmm. you know, that, that lots of, uh, uh, countries have, including our own as to, yep. um, you know, private, uh, you know, private, uh, uh um, attempts, uh, to address the, the poor and hungry issues, uh, versus, uh, public government ones. Right. And, and uh, you know, Forcing my me to give money to help out those that maybe I wouldn't give money to, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. which you know, for my part, you sit there and think about that statement for a little while, and you, I feel a little gross if I, that's the case. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, well, and and <laughs> I should reserve the right as to who lives and starves. Yeah. <laughs> what? Wait, wait. Do I? No, I don't get, Maybe I don't want that. In Okay, many European countries have a history of a state-supported church. Mm -hmm. um, right. Sweden, Germany, England, etc. And most of those now have a choice on one's taxes as to what religious or charitable tradition you want those to go, go towards. Mm -hmm. You don't have an option of not. Oh, okay. Because there's a view that the the society needs institutions that do the good works that religions do and arts councils and things like that. Uh, so it, it's amazing to Europeans when they see what the United States pays for, which is very little compared to Europe, um, that we trust people to be generous. Mm. Yeah. And it, it has mixed results. Yeah, that's putting it yeah mildly. Um, um, well, but as far as this psalm goes, oh I mean, yeah, the psalm. <laughs> <laughs> um, th this this writing style of of first person. Um, uh, you're 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 in you're saying that this is like the a, a little bit more of the Greek influence on on. Uh, you can on see prayers. that coming in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, did that end up having like a was there a, a, a real push and pull uh, as far as as far as that goes like traditional Judaism saying oh, yeah. like no it's absolutely still not okay yeah yeah that's with within within 
Judaism, there are what Christians call denominations. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, in Judaism, it's probably better to call them traditions, but that's why there's Orthodox, conservative, liberal, and lots of several others in between. Yeah. yeah, several's in between um, that very much deal with communal versus individual. Mm -hmm. With and each has their own answers. Yeah. Um, I'm struck since we since we had our previous reading um, uh, talking about the serpent uh, that this psalm uh, talks about don't be like a horse or a mule without understanding. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh, um, you know, especially you know, a serpent uh, freaks those those animals out quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, not entirely sure they know why they're scared either. So it, um, uh, they probably have a sense that have a, that have thing a sense. can kill me. Yeah. Okay. Um, or at least that is so weird. I gotta get away from it. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, one one can't kind of help but think like, oh yeah, the man and the woman were kind of the horse and the mule in that story. Yeah. Um, without understanding whose temper must be curbed with the bit and bridle. Uh, and one can make the analogy of like, oh yeah, the, that was the Garden of Eden. The the instructions and the garden were the bit and the bridle for for the mm -hmm. mule and horse. Um, also, it's not a a, comp, a complimentary description at all. No, with all apologies to our mule and horse lovers out there. Yes, yes, beautiful creatures. Yeah. Um. Um. But uh. But yeah. Uh, um. Um. You don't want them to form your theology. <laughs> true, true. And so we're just going to go down the list of animals that should not form right. our theology. Serpent, eh, not so much. Uh, you know, <laughs> opening their eyes, I suppose, was a good way to explain, uh, uh, you know, personal choice. But that doesn't mean that you know you want them, you you want them forming. You want them to go any further? Yeah, right. Exactly. What else you got? Um, <laughs> Uh, anything else about this psalm before we go on to our gospel reading? Um, yeah, there's. What was that? Um, oh, okay. In the section six to eleven, basically the, the last part of it. Mm -hmm. Part it's a it's a hope filled section mm. where the the writer the singer is trying to tell people. That sin does not destroy you or separate you from God. Instead, God is continually surrounding everyone in love. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's up to you to let go of the sin that you're carrying mm. so that God can take it up. Gotcha. Interesting. So it's, it's a good news psalm, despite the horse and bridle stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, let's move on to our gospel reading, yeah. which uh, this week comes from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. 
Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor, and he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God, and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Um, okay, so... Uh, I'll, I'll ask a question that I know will need a little bit of research, but then I'll, I'm not sure, uh, if you'll be able to answer like a, follow, a separate question while you research or not. So let's give it that a try. Okay. Um, in this story, we have, uh, the, a reference to tempter, <coughs> bless you, uh, tempter, Satan and devil. And I'm yeah. wondering if it's the same word in used or, uh, and and we just translated it three different, different Greek words. Three different Greek words. Yeah. Oh, you knew this. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I was curious too. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I got you. Because yeah. um, Satan, in, in specifically, is is more modern, a uh, more modern uh, concept, right? So uh, yeah, uh, you just have to watch Saturday Night Live and know how recent it is. Say, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh huh. Yep. So I, I kind of wondered if, if maybe the word tempter was. Tempter's one of them. Uh-huh. And adversary's another one. Okay. And um, then the the prop, proper name is probably not the right word for it. But the sort of what is that thing mm-hmm. um, that means transcendent being. Hmm. Not, and not in a good way. Right, right, right. <laughs> transcendent evil. Uh, yeah. Or... or, or... Uh, uh, ill yeah. deeds or something like yeah. yeah okay interesting interesting um and where it says satan that's the adversary okay hmm uh which one is the transcendent being the devil oh at the end so so narratively speaking as far as like reading it's also in verse one. Oh, is it it's the same one uh oh okay okay gotcha so I so yeah I missed that that reference. Okay, so the 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 first reference and the last reference are yeah. the same word. Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, so it so it sets up uh, for the original reader of like this powerful mm-hmm. uh, uh, presence comes. Well, and if, and then you get descriptors as to like what that presence does. And, yeah. Like, you, terrifying not good <laughs> well but not necessarily terrifying but powerful enough to really be tempting mm, yeah i mean it, it's not just you know the drug pusher on the corner saying come on first taste is free right exactly yeah <laughs> it's instead i have the power to do this i'm willing to give it to you right now you don't have to go through all that crap you're gonna have to go through later right and because again, otherwise, it's not really a temptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, I, I've said it in in almost every year previous. Um, uh, one of the things for for my theology uh, that makes this story interesting is I believe that uh, the temptation of Jesus is important because uh, there is, there there's a multiverse world uh, <laughs> of, of sorts where he says yes. Because what good is telling this story if it's predestined? Right. And, you know, oh, I'm not really tempted. You know, I'm the son of God. I'm yeah. perfect and pure. Uh, I just have to go through this junk for two, three years. Right, exactly. And then I get everything. Right. And, and Which which uh, would then imply like, oh, yeah, the rest of the story is, you know, 
was it hard? Kind of. <laughs> you know. Right. But not I wish really. people could see your eyes because I think you nailed it. <laughs> but not really. I mean, you know, I'm the son of God. Yeah. You know, I was tempted and I wasn't scared. Yeah. Uh, uh, of of what I had to do and and was you know it was it was all gonna happen according to plan. Um, yeah, uh, if I, yeah, if I you know, if I hadn't had my coffee that morning, sure. Right. But as as soon as I got my latte, everything was cool again. Right. Uh, and and so one of the things that this storytelling does not convey is that necessarily that initial conflict within of Jesus. Well, I think it does if we let go of our preconceptions. Yeah, if we let go of our, I mean, it doesn't start with okay, idiots, forget everything you know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But we don't narratively, we don't get, you know, after hesitating or any words that kind of like indicate like, oh, that one, that one, though, that well, one's yes that one. and no, because all of Jesus's responses here come from the book of Deuteronomy. OK, which mm-hmm. is one of the books um, that that the Torah, the law is centered on, so mm-hmm. it ha- it's considered to have the deepest wisdom available to the human race. Okay. So Jesus does pull out the big guns here. Yeah. And doesn't just say, nah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. One does not live by bread alone. Yeah. <laughs> That's the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. And, you know, and, and for the other. Others just as strongly. Yeah, so... Um, so, and again, this is Jesus in, you know, stepping into the communal wisdom, mm-hmm. the communal experience of God, those deep roots to respond to these temptations. It's not Jesus saying, I'm stronger than that. Yeah. Get out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, the story goes here where... Um, it, narratively, it sets it up. You know, afterwards he was famished. So the first temptation was food. Yeah. Uh, Jesus responds with a deuteronomical verse. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad for a word I just made up. Uh, a, a verse from Deuteronomy. Yeah. The tempter then re- his next temptation uses some of that same text. Yeah. And the response uh, again comes from. Uh, from from a Deuteronomy verse, then the tempter kind of goes, "All right, enough of that. Like we're we're gonna go above and yeah. beyond, beyond all that, and and uh, which is why you're on on top of the mountain, being able to see all the kingdoms, which you know? is a very Matthew thing to do because he loves the Old Testament imagery, right, right. And you'll notice that it 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 the the way the story tells it is not to a very high mountain to see the kingdoms in the region." All the kingdoms in the world. So yeah. this is taking you to a plane of existence that doesn't is is not reachable by right. by us mortals. Again, like this is this temptation. This temptation is filled with the possibility of genuine world changing power. Right, right. So this is like, all right, let's forget all those verses. And, well, and and, let's forget these little things. Yeah, yeah. Let's go to the the point of why you're even here. Yep. Um, exactly. And um Jesus doesn't respond with a Deuteronomy verse. Uh, it just uh get away from me. Yeah. Oh no, he does. If for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve yeah. only him. I wonder is that also a Deuteronomy? Yeah. Okay. 
I wasn't sure if it's that one was. of the commandments. I gotcha. So Satan tries to take him out of of uh, of uh, things. You know, Deuteronomy gets into some some weeds. Uh, uh, <laughs> Not so. like Leviticus, but yes, it does. <laughs> So, you know, tries to take it to this big, massive 30,000 foot view, yeah. uh, kind of a picture. Almost literally. Uh, and yeah. And, and, uh, um, but still that seems to be the rock of, of, of Jesus response. I'm curious though. Um, what we did this last week, what nuances are there between the gospel versions of these, of, of oh. the story? Because they, they are there. There are nuances. They're there. Are they, is this story in John? No. I was going to say, I feel like there was one that didn't have the temptation of Christ in it. And that's John. Okay. In part because John's Jesus is more of the, I know what's going to happen. It's right. all under my control, but I'm cooperating totally with God. Right. Um, yeah. So it's in Luke and Mark, but yeah, nothing even close in John. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, is there like... I, I believe one of them, and maybe it's just Mark, uh, I because he, they're usually the brief, the briefest. Yeah. Um. Uh. Just says that he was tempted. Tempted. Very good. Yeah. Uh. And then he was in the wilderness forty days, tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts. Yeah. And the angels ministered to him. Right. Yeah. That's it. Um. Uh. So. So. Yeah. It's like which. When you read the Matthew reading, it's like, okay, so like the first two verses and then the last verse of our reading today was all that Mark even mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> and then Matthew comes along and, you know, paints a picture. Mm -hmm. uh, and I feel like Luke is very, very similar. It's very, very similar um, with more stuff. I mean, more details. Okay. Um, I'm just making sure... Yeah, it has more about how uh, Jesus's state of mind and stuff. Um, let's see. I just want to make sure I'm not making a mistake. Um, yeah, um, that it talks. Luke talks more about how hungry he is. Mm, okay, and the ending is. Rather than the devil just leaving, as in Matthew and Mark, it says, um, and when the devil, this is Luke, and when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Interesting. Which sticks in a lot of Christians' minds. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. That Jesus didn't, no, I won't put it that way. Jesus didn't win this game set match. Right. Just this set. You've won this time, yeah. Jesus, son of Joseph. <laughs> I'll be back, moi. Yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. Exactly. <laughs> okay. All right. I get it. Um, that's it. That's that's really interesting. Um, I wonder why Mark didn't even bother. Um, I mean, seems like well, a people. I I I think Matthew and Luke are answering a question that arose among early Christians. Mm. Of what would Jesus be tempted by? Oh yeah, yeah. So then it also then begs the question of like, considering the time that Matthew and Luke were written down, uh, what sources are you pulling for uh, for this story there? 
Well, um, it's not. I mean, it's they were written down not terribly long after Mark. Sure. So there was there certainly uh, second generation sources that were widely available. Sure. So but, yeah, Jesus and Jesus would have had to tell people about what those temptations were like in order to have that information available. Mm. But that's true of a lot of the experiences of Jesus that had no humans present. Besides yeah. Himself. That, yeah. That, which there, there are some, but there, you know, a lot of, a lot of the gospel stories are around the ministry of Jesus, which involves lots of people. Yeah. Lots of um, witnesses. Yeah. Uh, either great crowds or the disciples, apostles, you know, Inner surrounding circle. them yeah. uh, or, um, even private moments, but still someone is, is around. There's not too terribly many no, where he, he's off on his own. Yeah. Um, which uh, then, then would beg the question of like, you know, is this a story? Is this a story about Jesus or is this Jesus's story for his disciples? That's right. Which would be an interesting way which, to would reread you to, this. Then we <clears throat> step into that space of, is it is it true even if it didn't happen right yeah yeah exactly and, and i think it's true whether it happened or not or full of truth well i mean we're 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 on the verge of running long but just to just to point people into maybe a different direction to to then reread this if this is jesus you know Jesus tempting, being tempted not to, you know, not to fulfill uh, the, the 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 ministry, the call that that uh, yeah. that that he's called to do. Go his own way. How do you, you know? But explaining this to his disciples, reread this as to what would this story mean to them? Yeah. Um, and you know, well, the, okay. Let me give you an example that has been talked about for two thousand years. If Jesus could feed the thousands mm -hmm. why didn't he feed everyone right since part of the ministry that he talked about was feeding the poor right and you know the the, the answer which needs more nuance than what i'm going to say but the answer is so that we would feed them yeah 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 if 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 it automatically gets done then what credit is that to us we're back to the yeah, what do we yeah we're back to the, in the garden of eden yeah exactly what you know our value is you know, why, why should we even be here then? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, there, there are things in these temptations, um, that may hold, uh, a, a different viewpoint if I'm a disciple and I'm being told this, mm -hmm. especially, uh, when these things are written down after the, res you know, the, yeah. the crucifixion and resurrection, these temptations, um, would potentially kind of crop up a little bit. Well, heck yeah. Uh, 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 for, Every one of them. For, our, for, for, for us as individuals or leaders of the, 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 the early church. Uh, of, you or know. today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, you know, how um, many pastors get tempted by worldly power? Yeah. The, the last big temptation and completely go off the rails. Right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, 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 the first one of, of, uh, of, uh, you know, finding ways to, 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 uh, you know, feed ourselves, uh, with, you Stim know, Stim off the offering plate. Exactly. Yeah. Or, uh, being the, the religious point or focus yep. of the, around the temple. Yeah. Uh, or, uh, uh, dominion over all the kingdoms and the subjects of those kingdoms in order for 
quote unquote God's glory. Yeah. Um, it, it really, I'm doing it for God. Now right. get me that new Mercedes or, or, or I'm doing it for God. That's why we're on this crusade crusade right yeah, now. That's right. <laughs> so that we oh, can, so know? that we, we can got... bring the glory of God to these heathens. And we oh, got some gold oh, while oh, we were here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That'll buy the bread. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Everything's uh, fixed. Yeah. Uh, so, which which is an interesting way to 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 view that. If if maybe these were like, hey, disciples, apostles, this is maybe you need to hear that. This yeah. Is what you oh, need yeah. To hear. I mean, it's it's interesting and inspiring to hear how Jesus dealt with these. But yeah, these are written for us. Yeah. 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 Very good. Well, uh, with that, we'll send you out into the world uh, to be tempted. Uh, <laughs> may you not like be hu- it or not. May you not be hungry. We hope one hopes, right. but uh, or famished, as this uh, as as this gospel uh, uh, says. Uh, but uh, um, if you are, uh, join us on Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for pancakes, <laughs> um, uh, where we where we eat our fill. Um, uh, as always, we encourage you to join us in worship uh, this coming week. However, uh, it works for. Uh, you and your uh, your schedule. Uh, if you are listening to this prior to the Ash Wednesday service, those services are when noon and seven p.m. Noon and seven and this Wednesday. Essentially identical. Gotcha. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we have our traditional uh, uh, worship on Sunday in morning in person, eight o'clock and ten o'clock, with a an educational hour in between at nine, and the ten o'clock service uh, broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos. And until next week, I'm Ben and I'm Bruce, and we'll talk you later. Bye-bye. Bye.